great start to the end of your week <laughs> or the, a great start to your weekend. I, I think that's probably a better way to say that. <laughs> oh, going back to the graphic. We've got some technical training happening today, which is awesome. It means that we're growing and that's great. Um, remember, as you are hopping on today to comment, tell us who you are and where you're watching from so that we can say hello to you as well. I saw some people hop right on as soon as we started, which is awesome. I think really you're, you're showing Marky what it looks like to have an alarm set to watch the broadcast like we talked about yesterday. So way to go, guys. I see Johnny is watching. He says, hello, hello. And then right behind him, his beautiful wife, Holly, says hello as well. Hi, Holly and Arabella and Ben. <laughs> hello, all of the shavers. Um, hi, George, my husband, and Brittany Presley. Oh, I miss you. I know I texted you that yesterday, but for real, I miss you a bunch. And Buddy Crabtree, Buddy's on. Pamela Hancock-Kelly is on. And she's watching from Millingport. Serena's on today. Serena, welcome to the broadcast. It's so good to have you. Guys, it's going to be a great day. I don't know if you've seen it yet. We put it out about an hour ago, but we put out a clip that Buddy actually put together. For, that was a clip of last Sunday's service. If you haven't seen it yet, whenever the broadcast is done, we shared it on this page and it's also on the Boomerang page. Go watch it. It's a minute long, but it really gives you a snippet of what we are talking about on Sunday. So it's awesome. Go watch it. And then while you're doing that, make plans to join us on Sunday at 1030 a.m. Pastor just started a brand new series and we're going to be continuing it. We're going to be continuing having our drive-in church service this Sunday. It's going to be set up a little differently, though. I'm not telling you how. You're going to have to come see and find out what changes we're making, but it's going to be great. Serena says, happy Friday. Brittany Presley says, 
hey hey <laughs> and chris griffin waved it's so good to see y'all make sure that as you are hopping on you're also sharing the broadcast because there are people that you know that it's basically this broadcast isn't just for you or for me this broadcast is for anybody who will watch it and receive it and so it's super easy hitting that share button immediately advances the kingdom, advances the gospel. It's awesome. So share it. Someone you know needs to hear what we're going to be talking about today. Amen. Amen, said the booming voice. <laughs> <laughs> but before we hop into today's topic, it's Meme Friday. It's time for our memes of the day. We've got four really good ones. They're going to put them on the screen. So get ready to laugh. Buckle up. And if you have any memes Buckle that you would up. like us to share, send them to me. Like, send them, send them to me. Find me on Facebook. Send them to me. Pastor Nicole does it often. And we're going to put up today's memes. <laughs> Quarantine week four. I cut it myself. <laughs> Y'all, this haircut was so popular when I was in school. Like, I'm pretty sure if you go through my elementary school yearbook, every boy in my class had this haircut. That's the bowl cut where you just put it on top and cut around it. <laughs> Time to play America's favorite game. Am I hungry or just bored? <laughs> Quarantine game of the year. Kevin Nowicki says, good afternoon. What's right, family? Kevin, it's so good to see you. <laughs> oh, Deb. This one came from Deb. Quarantine month two. Me puts on a clean bathrobe. My husband. That dress is stunning. <laughs> and then our last meme of the morning, afternoon, day, whatever vernacular you would like. <laughs> this is a Barrett humor because I feel like George wrote this. <laughs> Does anyone else's wife quiz them about the movie they're watching with them as if you wrote and produced it yourself? I don't know why he didn't just call a taxi, Linda. I've got the same information you have. <laughs> I'm pretty sure George wrote that. And if George didn't, Pastor may have after watching a movie with me. That's highly possible. <laughs> I have watched movies with pastors like George and I have been over at the house watching movies and pastors set rules for me like I I can't talk if I do talk be well prepared to know that the movie is going to get paused and then <laughs> rewound about 30 seconds before I started talking to provide context for what I talked through and if I keep talking pastor's going to stop and throw a pillow at me all of those things have happened in the course of one movie probably in the course of 30 minutes if I had to guess <laughs> I, I don't like missing things. <laughs> and I like to talk during and, movies. <laughs> and you know it now. So. I do. Early trust, on, you trust were Trust me, I have, I've grown my, my spiritual man when you've come over to watch movies. <laughs> and you've grown as well. <laughs> That's so funny. We were watching 24 the other day, and Pastor... Pastor looks at me, he's like, there are rules for 24. And I, I understood them because George has extremely similar rules. <laughs> There's True. certain behaviors you do with certain types of television or movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Who's on? Uh, I see Pastor Nicole's on and Miss Jan is on. Your mom Whoa. is on. 
Don't forget that we have the hashtag donate. We got that this week, which is so awesome. It's really neat to do. So if the Lord moves on you during the service today and during the service, sorry, I went into Sunday mode. If the Lord <laughs> moves on you during this broadcast and you feel like you would like to sow into what we're doing here at What's Right, then all you have to do is put hashtag donate and then whatever dollar amount you want to donate. So if it's five dollars, hashtag donate five. If it's five thousand dollars, hashtag donate five and then put three zeros behind it. So whatever you feel led of the Lord to do, go ahead and do that, but we do have it available for you. You don't have to, but if the Lord tells you to, then it's there and it's easy. Easy peasy. I see Natalie just hopped on and Kevin says, shout out to my best friend Tracy Gerard in Vermont. Love you, Scrappy. I, awesome. I feel kind of weird calling somebody I don't know Scrappy, but Kevin put it. What's up, Scrappy? <laughs> What's up, Scrappy? Vermont, though, I like that's it. Cool. That's awesome. Scrappy. Scrappy with a K. I like it. Scrappy. We were just in Vermont. We went and we visited Vermont. We went to the, um, I forget what the name of the gorge is up there, but it was beautiful. Even though it was a very gray day, it was beautiful. It's up by the um, river and the glass making place. I forget what the name of that was, but just over in the edge of Vermont from New Hampshire. It's a beautiful country. And with states like Vermont, New Hampshire, or oh, Maine, see? you can but keep it that general as the place, like the glass making place. And there's Vermont. probably legit only yeah. one in the state. I have, I have Vermont upside down right here. Like it's, On it's purpose. actually upside down because when I turn it up, Oh, it's right side up now. I wish I would have thought of that before <laughs> I put the sticker on because then I'd been really cool. But that didn't happen like that. I had to come up with a reason why it's upside down. <laughs> it was a really fun moment in prayer that we realized it was upside down. I think Abigail did. And, and that happened. <laughs> yeah. Kevin, it was gorgeous. It was awesome. Prilla says, hi, Marky. Hi, Marky. Marky, you got a shout out. Oh, and she says, hi, Barrett. Hi, Pastor. <laughs> Sharing is caring. Yes. Amen. Well, uh, White River Junction. I'm not familiar with that, Kevin. I don't know. It seems like I might have heard of it, but I'm not familiar with it. It sounds like Petticoat Junction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Billy Joe, Bobby Joe, Betty Joe. Who's over on, I can see there's some people over on, uh, um, over on YouTube. Who are the people on YouTube? Give me a thumbs up. I see Arabella. Who else is over there? Kevin says, it's not upside down, it's New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, see, I was in New Hampshire, so that's kind of why I put it that way. It kind of, yeah, exactly. It's, it's New Hampshire. They just labeled it wrong. <laughs> you just got one of the defunct stickers. <laughs> Kevin Nowicki, I see that you are a top fan. Marky, Eleanor, Dottie, Dunphy, you also are a top fan. I wonder if she's going to stop becoming a top fan now that we've made her an editor. As long as she logs in with the Facebook um, account and not just the page, it should be okay. Like, see, she's showing up as Marky here. Interesting. I don't mm -hmm. know if she's accepted yet. And I've yeah. wanted to be a top fan of Boomerang for many moons, so <laughs> if I'm doing it wrong, I need to discover how to do it properly. Mark <laughs> Presley. Mr. Mark. I miss you. I miss hanging out with you and Amy. I'm excited <laughs> to hang out soon. <laughs> I feel like I've been saying that to everybody. I miss you. <laughs> I, I miss, miss you. You're the you. greatest. 
It's good to see you through the glass in our cars. <laughs> yeah. Those tinted windows look good on you. Leslie <laughs> Presley, good to see you. Oh, goodness. Miss Natalie says, good morning. Nat. It's good afternoon now, but it feels like morning when you're on lockdown. How long does morning last when you're on lockdown? Is it, does it ever Important become question. morning or is it just a part of nighttime? I'm not sure. It's like Alaska time, like I when mean, the sun pajamas. I got a, you know, you know, a good business to invest in right now would be pajama manufacturing companies mm -hmm. because I got a feeling as soon as this lifts, there's going to be a lot of pajamas replaced <laughs> from what they're wearing. So it's really the Lord and his desire to not have me be in public wearing pajamas that I'm here doing the broadcast <laughs> and that I sing on the worship team at the church because there would be a strong part of my flesh that'd be like, I can't get out of my car. Jammies it is. Sure thing. <laughs> but no, no, the Lord, the Lord doesn't want that, nor do the people. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, today, I'm not sure if we're going to make it through all of that, but today I'm aiming to get through with the shepherd portion of David's life and move uh, next week into the wilderness portion. And uh, so we're going to be jumping into 1 Samuel 18. Buddy Crabtree joined again. I'm, I'm curious about that. Is that him joining again? Or did he like log in on an iPad separately and that's saying, was he there the whole time? I'm not sure. I really hope he has like five different streaming platforms going <laughs> at the same time in his house. Sherman's on YouTube. Hey, Sherman. Sherman, you figured it out. He asked me yesterday, he was like, how do I comment? <laughs> you figured it out. Sherman. That's awesome. Good job. Sherman's one of my favorite people. Me too. He's a blessing. Mm -hmm. He and Sharon both, they are a blessing. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, let's jump in. Are you all done? You got anything else to say? See ya. <laughs> Adios. Sayonara. Well Goodbye. Played. I don't have any more. <laughs> uh, no more languages? No. I was, <laughs> I, was, like, I was waiting. No. Awesome. Arrivederci. There, there was one more. Now, now I'm really done. <laughs> Arabella said, it's been a really good series, and it Aww. still is. <laughs> Arabella, we love you. Amen. I have this heart whenever like one of the youth comment, like she commented yesterday at one of yeah. your points, like, hallelujah, and Marky sent it to me, and I was like, oh, Bella. <laughs> Get it, girl. <laughs> well, up oh, there's my wife. She says, hi, y'all. With a purple heart. With a purple heart. <laughs> Buddy says he's watching with his TV, laptop, and phone. That's that is one committed dude. Trinity. <laughs> the Trinity. That's the guy us. that had his VeggieTales as his music that he shared yesterday. All right. Well... Sayonara. I'm really leaving. Bye. Arrivederci. You didn't say that one, did you? I did. I said Arrivederci. Did you? Okay. Did. That's the last one I threw in because I didn't know anymore. And then it popped up. I might think of a French one, but I'm off Adios. camera now, so it can't pan to me. Goodbye. <laughs> well, welcome. Have you gotten something out of the series so far? I hope you have. Today, we're going to jump into some more. And uh, I've been really enjoying this series. There's something special on it. I don't know uh, exactly how to define all of that, but you can just sense God's moving and he's doing something really special in it and uh, praise God for that. So 
one of the things that we're looking at is uh, the man that would be king, you know, any person that would be a leader, a king, a president of a country, a president of a business, uh, a leader, a shift supervisor, a leader on the floor in their, in their company, uh, anybody who would be a servant leader, you know, somebody who's serving and growing and leading people. Uh, many times, I don't know that everybody uh, understands this, but you see uh, what, which book is it where it talks about, it's in Corinthians, I believe, where it talks about the ladies uh, who are elders uh, as well, who are leaders, and they are teaching the young women. So what you see is that through that, God wants to take everybody up to a level where they are helping to lead and teach other people. And so no matter who you are in God, you're called to be a leader. You are called to be someone who has the capacity to teach others about the goodness of God. And uh, what, what Paul said, teach what I've shown you, what is Christ. You know, follow me as I follow Christ. So no matter who you are in the kingdom, or even if you're not in the kingdom yet, uh, you can be born again through Jesus Christ. You can come into the kingdom, and God wants to raise you up, and he wants to move you to the place where you can help other people grow in their Christ-likeness as well. So this applies to everybody. Now, I would say, and especially it applies to anybody who would be a minister, an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, or even like a Sunday school leader. There are certain characteristics that are very important. The Bible says your gift will make room for you. Now, there's a couple of different ways to look at that, but either way that you're looking at it, when God has given you a gift, it will put you in places. There will, there will be made room for you to enter into that place. Many times, though, people enter into the place that the gift has made room for them, but they don't apply the character, the things that we're talking about in the series. And so character is not strong enough to keep them there, and they fall out of that place. But that's not God's design. God's design is that the gift would make room for you, and then we would apply submitting the flesh living by faith, living by the Holy Spirit, living by the Spirit. The mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace in Romans 8. I think it's verse 6. And uh, so when you see that, you see that God wants us to live by the Spirit, man, so that the place where the gift will exalt us to and make room for us Character will hold us there and not let us fall. But we have to understand these things. If we don't know them, how will we apply them? If we don't study to show ourselves approved, how will we stand in them? How will we have, hear this, how will we have resolve to stay there in that place? So one of the things that's very important is that we know the character that we should be walking in and we know the place uh, that we should stay in and have resolved to do that. Uh, and if we have resolved to do it, God will back you up and give you the strength and help show you the areas uh, to shore up. He'll show you those things, but we must give ourselves to that. So just put this in the comments real quickly. Just, just put it in there and say, I will have resolve. I will have resolve to stand. I will have resolve to stand and to stay. Amen. All right, now let's look at 1 Samuel 18. 
So what has happened so far? Well, uh, Samuel goes and anoints Saul as king. Saul was humble at first. Very quickly, Saul gets prideful. Saul pushes in. I've been seeing this all over the place since we talked about it. This is the way the Lord works. He'll give you revelation, then you see it everywhere. It's like, you know, if your friend gets a yellow car, then you see that same yellow car everywhere. You see that same brand. Well, since we talked about it back in, I think it's chapter 15, about rebellion is as the sin of divination or witchcraft, and insubordination is as iniquity and idolatry. Insubordination means to push beyond submission. And so when you see that, we're pushing beyond. Man, I've been seeing that everywhere. I've been seeing it in my own life. I've been seeing it in others. And I'm really recognizing how important it is. So Paul, or excuse me, Saul, King Saul, saw himself as the king, but then he pushed beyond what prophet Samuel said, and he took up the role of a priest that he wasn't anointed. He pushed beyond submission, and this really sacked his life. It sacked his uh, rule as king, and from that moment, it just never was the same. So then God tells Samuel, go and anoint. I found a man. I found a guy who is after my heart and who will do all of my will. So he's talking about David. David's not honored. He's not esteemed. Uh, all of a sudden, he comes and uh, Samuel asks uh, Jesse, David's father, uh, bring your boys before me. He brings everybody but David. And so David is not esteemed, but that's exactly who God had his eye on. Uh, Saul, or excuse me, Samuel anoints uh, David to be king. Notice, though, he doesn't move straight to the throne. A lot of people think as soon as they're anointed to do something, they move right in. Many times that's not the way it works. But now what we see is David in three phases of life. The first phase was the shepherd boy, first of all, that nobody knew and nobody was esteeming. But he had relationship and intimacy with God. And that's what kept him through the rest of his life. That was his power uh, in Acts 17, 28. In him we live and move and have our being fellowship, intimacy with the Father. It is so important. And so then we see uh, the shepherd boy and he goes from being the shepherd boy and he's learning how to lean on God. He kills the lion. He kills the bear that tries to steal the sheep. And then he comes to the place uh, of Goliath. And you see so many lessons in that story. And what we just ended on is he's, he's now killed Goliath. Uh, the power of a covenant with a loving God empowered him to kill the giant, to kill the enemy in his life. And so now we're seeing the end of this phase of the shepherd boy. Uh, and we're getting ready to move into the place where he is in that wilderness. And so let's look here at 1 Samuel 18. What are the characteristics of the people who would be king, who would be leaders? And keep that in mind as we read. 1 Samuel 18, 1. Now it came about when he had finished speaking to Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as himself. Now this is a very interesting thing. The soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. Now, uh, not going into this huge uh, teaching, but 
uh, one thing that we need to see is this, that there is a difference between the soul and the heart. Uh, man has, mankind has three parts. You have the spirit, soul, and body. Basically, the body's pretty simple. Most people understand what that is. Uh, as a Christian, the body, uh, the Bible teaches us that the father of this corrupted flesh is the devil. But it also tells us that later on, we will receive a glorified body, but we don't have that yet. As long as we have the flesh, it has a bend towards sin. It is bent towards sin. It always wants to sin. It wants to satisfy itself, not God. All right, so that's pretty. And our job as a Christian is to subject the flesh. The real person who gets born again is the spirit man. Uh, now, just to show you a good example of this is, do you remember in the New Testament where you have the story of the rich man and the beggar Lazarus? And so the, the rich man dies. He's buried on the earth. His body is on the earth. But in hell, in Hades, he can see, he can remember, he can talk, he's thirsty, he has all this, but yet his body's on the earth. What is with him? The real man, the spirit man, and his soul. The soul is the mind, will, and emotions. Uh, the mind, will, and emotions. And so then the spirit man is the real man uh, that's made in the image of God, although it needs to be renewed. So when we're born again, the spirit man is made completely whole, we must subject and submit the flesh man and we renew the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions. So we teach the mind, will, and emotions how to think how to act, how to make decisions by renewing ourselves to the washing of the water of the word and then we submit the flesh, all right? Now, many times uh, what you'll see here is when you see the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, it's talking about his mind, will, and emotions was knit to David. This is a beautiful thing. This is a beautiful thing. I'm going to talk about it in a minute, but... Uh, many people have taken this and they've gone the wrong direction with this, but this is a beautiful thing. Here's something that I want to show you. If, go quickly over to Galatians. Go to Galatians chapter 3 and verse 8. Well, yeah, that'll work. Galatians 3 and verse 8. Many people have asked, what is the gospel and there are pieces of the gospel. Uh, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr., a week or two ago, did a great teaching on what's actually in the gospel message. But I want to show you an overview right here, but I want to show you a concept. So, in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 8, it's talking about a passage of Scripture where the Lord spoke to Abraham. You can find this passage in Genesis 12 verse 1 through 3. But in Galatians 8, it says this, this, the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached what? He preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, all the nations will be blessed in you. All the nations will be blessed in you. So then those, verse 9, so then those who are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Remember somebody to put the uh, scriptures in the comments for us. All right, so 
he says, those uh, that are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. But he says, the gospel is this. Here's an overview of the gospel. Abraham, all the nations, the word there, nations, means people groups. All the people groups in the earth will be blessed through you. Will be blessed through you. And so one of the things that's so very important is this that we see that the plan of God is to bless others through other people. I've, I've utilized this many times in teaching our own church here, is that many times people always have their eyes looking up to God, which is not a bad thing to do, but they pray and they act like everything that they have will come straight from God and not involve any other person. But you see here in the plan of God, that's not generally the main way that he does it. It's not generally just found through one man and God alone, although that can happen. God has a plan in place where a large portion of the time, the blessing comes through from God through the person next to us. And so it comes through other people. See, we are blessed in faithful Abraham, which means that the blessing of God will come to all the people groups of the earth through us. We are, the Christians, are the salt and the light. You are, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are the salt and the light, and God's design is to flow and overflow life through you. John 10.10. He says, Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I am come that you might have life, and if you look at the original language, you might have life to the full till it overflows. The design is that we as believers are so full and overflowing that God is actually blessing other people's lives through our overflow. And so what you see here is the person who would be king needs to understand that they are not an island. One of the strongest things that you see in David is his fellowship with Jonathan. God wanted to bless David through another person. And and God wanted to bless Jonathan through David. And had they not had that covenant relationship that God has placed them in they would not actually uh, have received everything that God had for them. So many times we see people who are, who are spending all their time saying, well, I love God, but I don't need to go to church to praise and worship God. That's actually not true. Uh, that is God's way. It's God's design. The truth is God designed church so that we would receive the blessing through one another. There's corporate anointings. There's words. Uh, just this morning I sent out a word uh, to two people here at the church that one other person had. And it's important that they understand that our blessing, that was a prophetic type word where they can grab a hold of it and receive strength from, receive hope from, and now they have a place to hang their faith on for the things of hope to manifest. But did it come through them sitting there praying alone? Uh, No, in this case it came through somebody else beside them. And so many times I find that people want to be on an island, they want to be alone, and and all it is is them and God, but they don't realize that it's other people that God uses a large portion of the time to bless them. The person who would be king needs to see that, one, they're not alone, 
There's always a remnant. And two, I need other people. God's design is not independence, but interdependence with Him and other believers in the body. Hallelujah. Amen. Hey, Michael Vidulich. Vidulich. I got to get it right. <laughs> Amen. It's good to see you. I love you, man. I saw you on yesterday and uh, praise God. So now we need each other. Uh, let me give you a good example of that. Uh, Mike, if he's still on here, uh, we were up in New York a couple of years ago and I knew that uh, Mike was up there and I said, hey man, you want to get together? And, and he came, he spent the whole day with us and our family and uh, he took us over to uh, a pizza place. And uh, all of a sudden, we went to this pizza place. I'm going to tell you, I was blessed. I was blessed at that pizza place. Uh, what, what's the name of that pizza place? Do you remember, Rachel? She, she's here. Oh, man. Oh, he's been watching the replays. Praise God. Hey, Mike, Michael, what was that pizza place? Tell me. It, it's over in uh, Brooklyn. Hallelujah. It was awesome. And he went over there, and not only that, but that particular day, there was a cold front moving into New York City. It was over uh, the holidays. There was a cold front moving in, and I'm telling you, it was cold. It was cold. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Grimaldi's Pizza. All right. And is that it? I think that is it. Grimaldi's. It was tremendous. He's like, you got you to gotta taste this pizza, Pastor Brian. He, we went in there. Mike, first of all, without Mike's knowledge, I would not have tasted this pizza. Also, when we went there, he said, listen, take your family inside. I'm going to wait in line for you. See, and, and we ended up standing out there together, but it was, it was a blessing. But many times, I was, I was talking to the family. Not everybody wanted you to come inside and take up their space. But amen, he put it up, Grimaldi. So he sat there, and he was such a blessing to us. Now, that's a physical thing, but to us, it was not just physical. It was a spiritual blessing to us. It was a spiritual blessing made manifest. It may seem like it was completely, uh, completely physical, but no. My love for Mike that day grew. Why? Because he said, he said Lord, I want to serve this friend of mine. I want to serve this pastor. Let me not only take them to what I think is one of the best blessings you know, in this physical life, but let me serve them. Let me wait out in the cold while they're inside. My heart for him changed that day. I was spiritually blessed because I promise you, there have been times, there have been times when we've been in ministry where the very people we're called to did not honor and did not esteem. And, and Nicole and I felt like we're pouring our guts out for these people and nobody was honoring and esteeming. And yet here this day, we're up in New York, we're having family time, but this guy who doesn't even go to church here says, Lord, I want to honor this, this pastor. And so I know that we're friends, I get that, but it was more than that. It was deeper than that. There was, like what you have with David and Jonathan here, there was a knitting together that day. And the person who would be king must understand that you need other people. You are not an island. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost on this. It is so important for us to understand that. We miss the blessing of God because we don't allow ourselves to have fellowship with others. And listen, when you put yourself out there in fellowship with others, yes, 
People are going to be people and they're going to betray. They're going to break trust. But which is worse? Having a little bit of betrayal and and trust that's broken every now and then or stepping outside of the plan of God. Just because people are going to treat me wrong does not give me a right to step out of the plan of God. And the plan of God is to form these beautiful covenant relationships like David and Jonathan had because this is a way that God blesses people. This is how he gets... He wants not just to have interaction between himself and you. He wants to involve other people because a lot of people don't get this, but that day, that day when uh, Mike, when Evangelist Mike was blessing us, you know, a lot of people don't realize he was receiving a blessing through that. It's more blessed to give than to receive. There was a blessing of his giving that day that many eyes can't see. And it doesn't make sense to the physical worldly philosophy. But in the kingdom of God, you walk away with something you didn't have before. And we as a family walked away with something. But Mike walked away with something as well. This, in other words, what God wants to do is not just pour out to one person individually as an island. He wants to involve everybody in the blessing. But in order to get to that place, we must understand that we need other people. Why do we need them? Uh, Because we can't get it done without them? No, God can raise up other people. We need other people because that's the plan of God. God's plan is that other people are involved in what we do. And that's why today, you know, sow a seed Friday. That today is, is a day. Why, why is it because we need more finance? Well, we can always use. I'm always believing God for increase. But all of our bills are paid. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing that's like pressing or anything. But there's a thing where we need each other and people need to say, I'm going to get involved in what God's doing. And all of a sudden, it opens up the blessing to them. Uh, Buddy, you were asking me a question yesterday. Uh, We were going to talk about seed time and harvest and finances. This has a lot to do with it, is that God uses finances to open up the abundance in their life. God uses uh, a situation of giving. He uses covenant relationships to open up greater abundance in our lives. You see that over in 2 Corinthians 9. All right, so let's go ahead. Hey, Victor, over in Nigeria, good to see you. Man, I love you. It's good to see you on the broadcast. All right, so now let's look here. Verse 3, Then Jonathan made a covenant with David, Because he loved him as himself. See, this is something that I think we don't yield ourselves to. Many times we will feel a covenant God moment with somebody. But because of fear, which perfect love casts out all fear, because of fear we will not allow the Lord to knit us together with that person in covenant. I I am surprised. I... Me personally, I have always been, I've always been of a covenant heart and a covenant mind. 
it's, I don't know if it's the way I was raised or whatever, but even as a child, I understood it. It's easy for me to understand covenant. I believe uh, the, I've got some revelation on that covenant. I believe there's some things there. But what shocked me as a pastor is how many people do not understand covenant and uh, even in our university here, uh, starting in a couple weeks, we're starting into the class on the blood covenant. Uh, ooh, I'm so excited. I'm looking forward to it because it is such a huge, huge topic in the kingdom of God. Huge topic, the blood covenant. But also a covenant mindset and a covenant heart. But what I see so many times in the church has been this. People, God is a covenant God. Listen, God's not changing his mind every couple of years. But if you watched where people go to church, you would think that because they're saying, well, God's telling me to go over here. Well, God's telling me to go over here. Listen, God's not telling you to change churches every two years. God is a covenant God. He joins people together for life. He joins people together for life. God is a covenant God. Covenant doesn't break. Covenant is something that's eternal and forever. How do I know that? Look at all the covenants that God put. So many of them, they are eternal. They are forever. And when we're moving in the heart of God with eyes to see His heart and to do all of His will, we start to recognize we are a covenant person. Like for me, I, you know, Mike, Mike's still on the broadcast. I, it's good. I get to talk about him in front of everybody. Listen, he's not here at this church. You know, but he and I, something happened the day we met. I felt it. I don't know if he did, but I felt it. It was a covenant that God put together. Another person like that, uh, Evangelist Stephen Hurlburt. He and I, we, we have a covenant together. There's something God did, and I sense, man, I'm in covenant with this person. Right. And, and as far as I'm concerned, I don't care what they do or, or who they are, or where they go. I might not be able if they messed up, I might not be able to sow into them the same way, but I'm not dropping them. But you see people that God will plant them in a body of Christ. It's supposed to be covenant forever. And they have one. Well, I just don't think that doctrine's right, Pastor. And they go, they burn the bridge just like that and they're gone. We need to get back to covenant. And covenant doesn't mean that the person's never going to mess up. Covenant means when they do mess up, I don't jump ship. You know, covenant. And when we move into covenant, all of a sudden there's something special that happens. God moves in covenant. Write that down. God moves in covenant. God moves in covenant. And so when I see, even when I see Mike come online, my heart leaps. When I see him in person, I remember after we met, the next time I saw him was in January or February, and I could tell he had been fasting. And I just saw his face, and my heart leapt for him. Why? There's a covenant bond, of a godly covenant bond. When I saw him, it leapt. And then I could tell, he's been fasting. I even said, I said, You've been fasting, huh? And he just kind of, you know, sheepishly smiled at me and turned away and asked in humility. And I went, oh, man. And my heart just became stronger, like, man, I love you. I love you going after God. I love your hunger and humility towards the Lord. Don't lose that. Go, go after him. But I want you to understand, it wasn't just that he was doing a good job. My heart jumped for that. 
uh, Victor, who's on, who was on here a second ago, if he's still on here. He, he is at Pastor Amos's church in Nigeria. Pastor Amos and I, we have a covenant together. He's my brother. I love him. Like when I see him, my heart jumps. My heart jumps. There's something special about that. This is, these are relationships that God puts together that we are blessed through. And God says, look, not only will I bless you, like not only the Grimaldi's pizza that day and on a cold December day in New York, but, but those moments where he says something and my life is strengthened or I say something and his life is completely strengthened because of it. The, this is how covenant works. God wants people that have access to our heart that when they're hearing things right, all of a sudden they can speak one word and the covenant connection goes boom and it hits me in a different way because of the covenant. Whereas 10,000 people standing beside me could say the same thing, but it comes differently because of covenant connections. Hallelujah. The person who would be king needs to understand we need other people in our lives. We need people of covenant. And these are deep relationships. And I'm telling you, our society today, and even many ministers, they do not understand covenant. They don't understand covenant. I ask um, Buddy and Serena, they're getting ready to move down here and be a part of Boomerang. And I asked them the other day, I said, let me ask you a question. And I don't know if he recognized the importance of the question. But I said, let me ask you a question. You know, I need, you, I need you to be honest with me. Don't just put on, but how long do you think you're going to be here? You know, what's, what's going on with that? He said, Pastor Brian, he said, we, we see this as our place. We don't see ever leaving or ever being a part of another ministry. I'm like, oh, covenant thinking. Covenant thinking. Well, glory to God, because if that's truly your heart, and, and I'll find out even more by how they live, you see. I mean, a person can say something, but you watch the fruit and you'll understand. Uh, but if that's truly their heart in that, and I believe it is, if that's truly their heart, then we'll be able to do things other people won't be able to do because of covenant. There, it opens up supernatural power and supernatural fruit that you can't have any other way but through covenant. This is why when David understood covenant with a loving father, everything changed. Giant, no problem. Evil, no problem. Lion, no problem. Bear, no problem. I have a covenant relationship with God Almighty. He will not let me down. If I move by what he says and I'm, I'm given to his heart, he will not lead, let me down. Write that in the comments. Say, a covenant God will not let me down. A covenant God will not let me down. Hallelujah. All right, now. So then, verse 4. Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, including his sword and his bow and his belt. So David went out wherever Saul sent him and prospered. All right, now wait on verse 5. Look at verse 4. A covenant God will not let me down. <laughs> Holly, Holly, you hit the H instead of the G. That's funny. A covenant hod. 
And, and you got to say it deep because it's a capital H, hard, a covenant hard. <laughs> a covenant God will not let me down. Look at what Jonathan did. Jonathan did this. He basically said, everything I have, my provision, everything I have in life, my armor, my weapons, my, my wealth, which is represented by his, his clothes, everything, my covering, my wealth. David, everything I have is yours. Who else do we see this in? Whose heart is this? God. Jesus. God, God told Jesus, everything I have is yours. Remember the prodigal son? Son, everything I have is yours. This is covenant. This is covenant speech. Everything I have is yours. See, when men and women get into covenant, it's not a separate thing. It's not, this is why it is not correct for people that are married to keep treating their finances like they're, not this, like they're different. They're not. Covenant says what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. You know, Nicole likes to tell me that everything I have is hers and, and everything she has is hers. And it's a joke, but uh, it's some, you know, somewhat true. But uh, anyway, everything we have, truthfully, everything we have, it's one another's. So I, I remember a situation we had several years ago. Let me show you covenant. This, this is several years ago, we were uh, saving money to purchase video equipment. We were saving money to purchase video equipment. God had given us a word to get some video equipment. And at that time, we saved the most money we'd ever had in our life as a church. We had saved about, I think it was about $4,200. Um, and we needed, I think we needed that amount to get the first little portion of equipment. I think we needed that amount. And so when we needed that amount, uh, we had to spend, I think, $500 or $600 on something. So we had about $3,500 left. Uh, but we had saved this money up. It had taken us a while. More money than we had ever saved up before. Another church in the county, uh, we heard rumors that they actually were believing for equipment and they needed like $3,200 to buy what they need Here's the deal. They had an opportunity that was opening up to them and there was a time frame they had to move to get that opportunity. They needed their video equipment right then. You understand that they may be a different church. They got a different vision, a different mission. Maybe even our doctrine is not the same, although ours pretty much is, but maybe it's different doctrine. We are still in the same family. Whose money was it that we had? It's not boomerangs. It's God's. It's not boomerangs. It's God's. And, and we had, I think we had some people that didn't understand that. But when, what you start to see is that's God's family. This is God's money. They have an opportunity. Here, take this. And we gave every bit of that away. Now, why? Why would, because of covenant. 
We're, we're not worried God can get that back to us. Well, you're giving away money that you saved up for that purpose. No, we're taking God's money and now we have opportunity to turn that money into multiplied because we just sowed and planted a seed into our covenant partner, into another ministry. Close. It wasn't like far away. Where, no, close. And here's the other thing. <laughs> here's the other thing. Uh, Many people would go, man, if we let them have this opportunity, they're, they're right in the same county. They may grow faster than we grow. Who cares? The kingdom of God is growing. See, when you're covenant-minded, you're not just thinking about yourself. Well, they may grow faster than Boomerang does. So what? I don't really care who grows as long as the kingdom grows. If everything we do at Boomerang, everything we ever do... Now, I don't believe it'll happen this way, but let's just say that it could. If everything we ever do keeps us at the same level, but it grows the kingdom around us, but we always stay with the same number of people, I would do that a million years. Why? Because my heart is not to our ministry. Our heart seeking first is the kingdom of God and His righteousness. That's how covenant thinks and there is a great lack of that kind of thinking and heart today and it's why we don't have some of the leaders that we should have but I'm talking to people who will be a covenant minded people who will put on these things and God will be able to promote them to be the king the president the CEO to be the minister that they're called to be the apostle evangelist the pastor the teacher the prophet they will be raised up to be people who God God will make room for them and they will stay there because they put on covenant thinking. Glory to God. All right, so you see Jonathan, he stripped himself of this robe. He gave it to David, his armor, his sword, his bow, his belt, everything that he needed. He said, David, it's yours. It's yours. Everything I have is yours. Isn't that what Jesus did? Isn't that what Jesus did? He said, everything, my life, my breath, my blood, my body. Father, I give it to you and I give it to the people that you love. Isn't that what he did? And then doesn't he tell us to do that? Crucify our flesh daily. Lord, everything I have is yours. You know, when you get to be a crazy giver, it becomes easy when you get covenant and kingdom minded. And if you become a crazy giver, you'll be also become a crazy harvester. You will harvest the honor of God. You'll honor and it's not just to do with the seed, it's got to do with the heart. The heart of covenant and the heart of a covenant God. God's calling people to this covenant thinking. He's calling people to these places. We need to say, Lord, when I feel like what I did, uh, put it, yeah, amen. I was going to say, put it back on this camera. Uh, when I felt that with Evangelist Mike, I sensed it in my spirit. Like, man, I don't even know this guy. I don't even know this guy. But in my heart from God, I already love him. I love him. I don't even know him. But I, I got a godly love for him. More people need to submit themselves to that instead of putting on eyes of, you know, well, let me watch them a little bit. Either the Holy Ghost is talking to you or not. Either the Holy Ghost is talking to you or not. 
Now, I'm not, I'm not saying they'll be known by their fruit, and it's important to watch their fruit. And I did watch Mike even after that moment. I did watch. I watched him as he almost laid down ministry, but then the Holy Ghost inspired him. And he listened to the Holy Ghost instead of listening uh, to his flesh. You know, I watch those moments. I'm watching that kind of stuff in people all the time. But that doesn't mean that I can't be a covenant person for them. That means let me be who I'm supposed to be no matter what they do. Let me be what God's telling me to be. Are we going to honor God's heart of covenant? Are we going to honor the anointing that we sense when God's saying, hey, you're supposed to be knit to that person? Are we going to honor that? All right. Uh, Kevin Nowicki's on here. When Kevin and I met, I remember, I was like, I like this guy. I don't know anything about him. I can see, I can sense. He's got some stuff good, he's got some stuff right. That's pretty much everybody. Who do, who do I know that doesn't have some stuff good and some stuff bad? I, I don't know anybody. Nobody on this earth. But when I met him, I said, I could feel the covenant of God reaching out. And I told him, I said, hey man, if you ever need anything, let me know. You're ever up, up in this way? Come by. You know, come see us. I love you. You know, why? I could tell he had a heart for God. He had a heart for God. And I, and I knew. In other words, we need more people that will move on the love of God, not always looking with a judgmental eye. Stop. We need to look with eyes of faith. See the end from the beginning. The person who would be king sees the end from the beginning. They see who that person can be. Not the problems they may have or go through. Every single person has gone through. Trust me, I've gone through more junk and come through it, but it's not that I was thinking right in the process. Stop looking with eyes of judgment and look with eyes of faith and open up our ears to the, the Holy Ghost and the covenant heart of God. Because if people would become more covenant-minded, regardless of whether or not they're going to mess up at some point, if they would become more covenant-minded, we would see more covenant power released in the earth. Verse 5, So David went out wherever Saul sent him and prospered, and Saul set him over the men of war. And it was pleasing in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. So see, this anointing was on David. He, he, everything he did prospered. Verse 6, it happened, uh, let me just say this. I, I've seen this and experienced this quite a lot. Man, I love you too, uh, Mike. Amen. Uh, J.T. Clark, good to see you. Brittany Presley, she said, amen, that's good. Praise God. If it's good, it's God. If it sucks, it's me. By myself, not listening to Jesus. <laughs> um, let me say something about prospering. <laughs> amen, Kevin. He says, you were reading my mail. It happens sometimes. <laughs> let me say something about prospering. Not all prosperity is above ground. Yeah. Not all prosperity is above ground. Many times people think this idea of prosperity is only what we see. Many areas of prosperity have to deal with character. I look at, I look at Jonathan Shellsworth. Jonathan Shellsworth uh, he'll tell you when he gives his testimony. He was doing, 
he was working. He's working hard. He's giving himself to the gospel. But he'll tell you just in like financial realms, it wasn't that pretty. And then all of a sudden, his ministry explodes. Let me tell you, he didn't just start prospering when his ministry exploded. He was prospering that whole time. He was giving himself to God. God was building a foundation. There was prosperity. You see, the deeper the foundation, the bigger the building. But many people don't give themselves to the building of God. They try to come up out of the ground before God has established the foundation. Prospering, we see prospering going on right here in David before he even goes into the wilderness. You know, we, what I'm saying is you see prosperity happening when, no, when his own dad didn't want to bring him in front of uh, Samuel the prophet. He was prospering because he was getting to know God. He was setting the foundations that he would prosper in the, front of, in the eyes of people for the rest of his life. But this prosperity was not seen by anybody but God. You can prosper. I've seen many times where the Lord, it looked like, you know, even in our church, there's years that we had that it's like we went forward a little bit and went backwards, you know, went forward, went backwards. The numbers didn't show prosperity, but we were prospering. God was showing us who we are, showing us what we can be. God was showing us everything that we needed to know to set a foundation so that about year eight, everything changed. Everything changed. All of a sudden, it looks like you know things are just exploding all over the globe. No, it's it, it. We were prospering beforehand; just people couldn't see it. Here he is prospering in front of people, but he, you got to understand: to the person that would be king, you're not not prospering if you're giving yourself to growth. If you're giving yourself to the Lord, Lord, form me, mold me, make me your masterpiece. Lord, I humble myself to your hands. Oh, you're prospering. Everybody might not see it, but you're prospering. Verse 6. It happened as they were coming when David returned from killing the Philistine that the women came out of all the cities of Israel singing, singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy, with musical instruments. The women sang as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousand and David his ten thousands. Then Saul became very angry for for this saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands, but to me they have ascribed thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? Saul looked at David with suspicion from that day on. He looked at David with suspicion from that day on. I want to show you something. For the person who would be king, there's two different uh, positions here in this couple of scriptures. Number one, the person who's in charge. Number two, the person who's not. Number one, the person who's on the throne. And number two, the person who's not on the throne. Saul was still on the throne. Even though David's carrying an anointing by God, he's not on the throne. And it's not right for David to take the throne yet. It's not right for him to take the throne. Most people would try to take the throne because I've been anointed by God. When the people start praising the mentee instead of the mentor, 
You have two different things. First thing is the mentee doesn't need to accept the praises like he is greater than the mentor. Number two, the mentor doesn't need to get suspicious and hardened in his heart towards the mentee because God is anointing him. Saul takes the wrong path here. David takes the right path. And the end result is David becomes king and Saul passes away as we continue reading through the story. But I've had situations. I even remember one time. This is so very important. I had one time where uh, I was actually very much on fire with God. And I got to the place. I got to the place on fire with God that it really started catching other people. And uh, then, I don't know if you've ever had this before, but it happened to me. Uh, I was sitting there, and I just had a few months of being off. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't like wicked or anything like that. I was just a little stale for a few months. In the same period of those few months, I had somebody uh, that was in the ministry here, and uh, they got on fire. I mean, they were hearing from God left and right. And they were walking in humility. And they were walking in all this stuff. And it was awesome. But I also felt it. Like I, and there's a couple of things that happened. Number one, you know, well, what if he gets stronger than me? And that was a thought. And I had that thought. You know, I'm not... I'm, I'm, the, those thoughts come. Whether we let them stay is what's important. What if he gets more on fire than me? What if the power of God starts flowing through him stronger than the pastor? And that thought of fear tried to come into me. Well, what's that going to do? It's going to cause me to try and hold this guy back, you know, hold this person back instead of letting the anointing. The anointing's there. Who put the anointing there? Not me. God. God's the only one who can release an anointing. So for me to hold that anointing back would be to say, I'm resisting God. And it also would say, I care more about my appearance than the kingdom of God. And it was interesting because I said, instead of getting harsh towards the person or holding them back, I said, Lord, let me allow them to be used however you want to use them. This is, this is what a covenant heart towards God and his kingdom does instead of trying to resist them or hold them back in that way. Let me, let me do it. Here's the other thing that the Lord showed me to do, and then he said something to me. He said, listen, don't get mad because he's on fire, but let his fire drive you to a greater fire. Let it push you. Let it be a motivator. Man, I need to get hungry. Instead of being mad or jealous, let it inspire you to get more fire. Right? Let it inspire you to get hungry. Let it inspire you to humble yourself more. In other words, why don't you utilize it so that you both grow? It'd be like two guys in a gym lifting weights and they're both encouraging one another. Well, you're not going to beat me. And they, instead of being jealous over each other, they learn to encourage one another and both rise. Here's the other thing. The Lord said this to me. It's very important. He said, you don't need to fear 
somebody having a blast, you know, a, a flash of hunger and humility. He said, it's good and it's important. He said, but you don't need to fear it. But then he said this. He said, make sure that you pay attention more to a longevity of hunger and humility. A longevity of hunger and humility. And then he encouraged me. He said, you've been doing this now for years. He said, he's been doing it for three months. Keep your eyes on it and watch. He said, you've learned how to keep going forward in the good times and the bad. He hadn't learned that yet. And sure enough, in other words, the Lord said, just keep being consistent. You see, I might have been in a little bit of a low, but I was still being consistent going after God. Don't beat yourself up because you're in a low. Don't stay there, but don't beat yourself up. Just make a decision, like I did that day, to come out of it. Come out of the low. Oh, recognize I need to put on more hunger and humility. Recognize I cannot stay here and be lukewarm. I cannot stay here and be stale. I cannot stay here and be average. I cannot stay here and be mediocre. You see, King Saul could have made a choice and said, Lord, I'm going after you. I repent and I'm going after you. I know that I messed up. But you are too good for me not to go after and let me get hungry for you like David is. But he didn't do that. Well, in the story that I was telling, sure enough, after a few months, uh, that, that fire fizzled out in the person and mine kept getting stronger. Well, the key is that we are consistent. There's a longevity in our hunger, a longevity in our humility, a longevity in our seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness, a longevity that we keep going. I, I noticed a long time ago, uh, don't pay attention to how fast the, uh, they're running. Pay attention to the fact of are they moving and it, is it in the right direction. That helps me to pastor. It helps me to judge people's fruit. Are they going after God and are they in motion? Sometimes they'll get faster, sometimes they'll slow down. But are they still headed the right direction? Are they changing? Are they growing? These are the markers of somebody. Because if they just keep going, they will get better and better and better and better. Just don't stop. Don't be on again, off again. Just keep going. Be hungry for God. Be humble for God. You see this in David. You even see him make mistakes. But what you see is that he doesn't stop. Even when he makes mistakes, he's quick to repent and turn from that and head right back towards God. When King Saul makes a mistake, he just kept going down the, down the same road of mistake. He doesn't change his heart. This is what God's looking for. A heart that is after God's heart who will do all of his will. For the person who would be king, don't get called up on what everybody else is doing. Just purpose yourself to be in a covenant heart that goes after him with everything you have. And if you'll go after him with everything you have, you will start to stand out from the crowd. There's... You don't have any other choice. It's going to happen. Because if you humble yourself and get hungry, God will exalt you and He will fill you. If you, hunger your, if you get hungry and humble, God will fill you and exalt you. He's got no choice. He's already put His word on it. The question is, are we consistent in doing those things? So the, to the person who would be king, don't worry. 
when somebody talks bad about you or tries to hold you back. I can tell you, as a, I've been, there have been people that have tried to hold me back. There have been people that have been jealous over my genuineness of going after God, without question. There have been people that have done that all through my life. Why? Simply because I was going after God. Don't let it bother you. Don't let it discourage you. What they do is none of your business. God's the defender. God's the promoter. Just keep going after God. You be concerned about you and your heart towards God. Don't worry about what somebody else is doing or saying. We've had people call us a cult. We've had people say that we're the devil. We've had all that, all that. I remember the first time somebody sent me the link on a website calling us wolves and a cult. I was like, man, we've made it. Glory to God. (laughs) We have arrived where the devil now feels like he needs to do a media campaign against us. Hallelujah. Good. You know, but here's the other thing. Don't let it bother you. You just keep worshiping Jesus, going after him, giving yourself to the fruit of the spirit. Letting him move through you. Let fruit come through you. Don't be worried about what other people say in that way. Judge yourself. Do not get to the place where you don't judge yourself. That is dangerous. Do not get to the place where you're not humble. That is dangerous. When people bring stuff up against me, I use it. Just, all right, let me sharpen myself. Let me see, is there a little bit of that that I am doing wrong? But I don't get in condemnation over it. I just judge myself. I let the light of God shine on me, and then I make the change. To the person who would be king, don't worry about what other people are doing. Just let God keep changing you and growing you. But do it in humility, not in pride. And God will exalt you. He will make his glory your glory. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Kevin said, a heart in pursuit of God. Amen. So as we finish up today, if you've got something uh, to say or add to it, throw it in the comments. If you want to sow today, you're welcome on Facebook to do hashtag donate. Uh, I'll put this in here as well. Uh, or Barrett, can you do this? Uh, just type in the givebc.org. If, if you're not on uh, Facebook or you'd like to give another way, uh, you can uh, do givebc.org. Sow a seed Friday. Why? Because you saying, Lord, I've received something today and I want to seal it as I give this seed and I want to advance the kingdom and I see that Boomerang is doing that. I want to be a part of what they're doing. Uh, it's, I, I make it a point. It doesn't matter how much it is. I make it a point that when I'm in a service and I, especially when I receive an anointing or anointed word, I want to sow a seed. There's something special that happens when I say, look, I want to sow a seed to do that. Now, what I'm saying, if you're watching this for the first time and you don't feel that, don't. Do not give. Please don't. Um, That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people that want to give. They have it on their heart, and God's writing it on their heart. It's there for them. So, amen. Thank you, Barrett. She got that. So, uh, what was... Arabella said, why did Jesse show David to Samuel after Samuel asked, is this all of your sons? Good question, Arabella. Um, Praise God for you watching. She is a teenager watching on YouTube every day, every lunch hour. We love that. That's so good, Arabella. Uh, So part of the issue is Jesse, it appears, Arabella, that Jesse did not think that David was at the place yet Uh, to be anointed by Samuel. And so he didn't even offer David as one of his sons. 
But then Samuel knew from the Lord. He had a word from the Lord. This is not all of his boys. There's another. And so the only one that was left at that point uh, was David. And so he sent for David. So I hope that answers your question. Amen. All right, let's see here. Did anybody else have anything or say anything? Thank you, Brittany, for sowing. That's awesome. Glory to God. Several people sowed earlier. I saw it come through. Thank you, everybody that sowed. It's really neat that we got the hashtag donate working. Okay, Arabella says, good, that does answer your question. You're welcome. <laughs> does anybody else have anything? Anything stick out to you today as we were talking? Amen. Uh, Barrett, grab the mic and come on up here. <laughs> I'm making them change cameras back. Sorry. So what... Um, what did you see today? What stuck out to you? Like not, you don't have to give a whole summary, just. <laughs> um, I think one of the things, I had to check to make sure it was on. Johnny said, we are not to do this alone. That's right, Johnny. Amen. I don't know if you want to switch the shot over to me or not. There we go. Um, I think one of the things that stuck out the most, as I've said it, I think on here a couple times already, Kevin, I, I feel you because this entire series has felt like it's been reading lots of mail of mine. Old mail, <laughs> current mail, <laughs> lots of it. <laughs> Maybe some future mail. It's got some subscriptions <laughs> coming out, like it's, it's fine. <laughs> but the thing in particular that stuck out and has been a big deal for me uh, as I've grown and have gone forward in the Lord is not caring about what other people do as far as how it impacts me. So like other people's hunger, I should allow that to drive me. But there has been many moments in my life as I've grown in the things of the Lord where I have seen somebody else get hungry or I've seen somebody else get promoted or I've seen different things happen and it's caused this flesh reaction of is God not pleased enough with me? Have I not done enough? Like, why is it not my turn for this? And, and those have been real feelings that I've needed to deal with. But time and time again, really what you saw today is like watching a counseling session between me and Pastor Brian. But <laughs> <laughs> consistently it's been, don't focus on other people, focus on yourself. Don't focus on other people, focus on yourself. And you know, last night at Life Group, there was a question that came up of, what do you do if you want to encourage somebody to get hungry for God? You start with yourself. Yeah. You know, if you want to see the Lord do things in your life and he's doing them for somebody else, then you rejoice in that. You celebrate that. You get excited for that. And there have been times I've done it great and times where I haven't done that well. But the heart of it boils down to, are you consistently looking to grow and what what I don't want is to be a flash in the pan. 
You know, I don't want to just have this one glorious moment where everybody yes. saw the spark come yes. out of the pan and then there's no fire remaining. I would rather the Lord take the time to strategically build the fire, to stack the wood, to do whatever he needs to do so that when that moment comes and I am fully prepared to receive every bit of the fire of God, every bit of who he says he is, that when he places that flame of fire upon me, I can withstand and maintain and give that fire to other people. Yeah. And so you can't, I can't do that if I'm looking at somebody else's fire. I will then miss how I'm stacking the logs, the sticks, whatever, because I'm so focused on what someone else is doing. Yeah, amen. I think, I think what Johnny said really wraps it up, and he, and he said, um, he said, we are not to do this alone. You know, it, we are not to do it alone. You'll see that there is actually a strategy that, yeah. that wolves will use. And the devil uses this against Christians all the time. Um, the wolves will drive deer into the woods and the trees, so the pack will drive a herd of deer into the woods, and the trees will make those deer splinter and separate. And so immediately, uh, the wolves then will choose one deer alone and will uh, surround it and yeah. be able to capture it because it was alone. The devil does that constantly because he, he teaches us that, well, nobody else cares, uh, nobody else, you know, this, that, this, that, and the other. And for whatever reason, now they're alone. And we need to recognize when the devil's trying to get us alone. You know, well, they don't have time to talk to me, uh, which is one of the major lies that the enemy tells or our flesh under influence of the enemy tells people about their pastor. Well, he doesn't have time to talk to me. Listen, he doesn't have time not to talk to you. And if a pastor doesn't understand that, I question whether or not they're a pastor. Um, because here's the thing, if, if I can speak with you for five or ten minutes and it saves you from falling into a pit, there's another hour to three hours to weeks or months that, or that you may be gone forever that I save, you know, and it's much, it's much easier for me to deal with something if somebody comes and let's have a conversation about it. That's part of my job anyway to disciple. I've got time. The question is, I don't have people that always have reached out. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know what you're going through if you don't communicate to yeah. me. And uh, our, the responsibility is not on God to tell me everything that's going on in your life. Otherwise, I would never get any sleep for everything that's going on. The responsibility of humility is on the person that's being mentored to reach out in humility and ask for help, recognize that they're, they are not supposed to be an island. You know, I was talking to Marky the other day um, just about covenant relationships, so it's, it's cool to me that the Holy Spirit brought it up here too. You know, we're not supposed to do things alone, but the Lord does have those covenant people. Not every person in your life is a covenant person. Not every person that you meet is supposed to be designed to stay there forever. But those covenant people, those relationships are so pure and fulfilling and God uses them to protect. Like as you were talking, what came up to me is 
earlier in prayer a few months ago, the Lord showed us how in a vision, how to protect, you know, some new believers. And yeah. in order to protect a new believer, the believers who were a little bit stronger in their faith in what um, in what was shown came alongside and surrounded the new believers to protect them as they grew, to give them a protection from the winds of the world that would try to blow it out. We're not designed to do it alone. And those covenant relationships are the ones that grow you, strengthen you, sharpen you, and will protect you if you give yourself yeah. to them. Yeah. But if I don't give myself, like you and I have a covenant relationship as my pastor, yeah. and you have things for me to receive. But if I don't give myself to that relationship and I don't allow you to be who you're called to me, then I'm the one that's shutting that down. Yes. Um, one of the things that's important is, you know, and we had that when we first met, I yeah. felt that same, you know, covenant connection in that way. And then because of that covenant connection here, get the camera back to me, please. So because of that covenant connection that we had, you were still, you weren't even here yet, yeah. but Nicole and I would know things about you and about your life and have yeah. wisdom and anointing for that because God had made that connection. So um, Kevin said this, he said, I learned that if I am in pursuit of God, I am hidden in his wake, not in his way. Yeah. That's very good. Very good. See, and that's what we need to do is just consistently stay after him, uh, just constantly be with him, being in him, and we're not in his way. It's, yeah. not a, it's not a hardship on God for us to talk to him all the time. Matter of fact, he tells us to do that, you know, uh, pray always, yeah. you know, pray without ceasing, you know. And so then uh, Nicole said, you actually save your pastor time by communicating early and often. Amen. It's easier to train up than it is to clean up. Amen. Man, I need to marry her. She's got wisdom. Full of those one-liners of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love you. We hope you enjoyed today. Listen, if you haven't done it already, share the broadcast. And uh, we will be back Monday talking more about the man who would be king. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, we're putting it together as a playlist over on uh, Facebook, or not Facebook, over on YouTube, but Facebook too, maybe. But uh, we're putting it together so that we can share it later on. It's on YouTube now as a playlist. We love you. Have a great weekend. Father, right now, everybody that's listening to this, let them be blessed in every way. Let your victories manifest in their life, their life, your life and love. Let it be made manifest in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We love you. Have a great, great weekend. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.